1: What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Heat vs. the World podcast. As always, I'm your host, Joel, and with me today, I got Anthony. And today we got a great episode heading y'all way because we're coming off of another Miami Heat win. And it was a fun one last night. I'm not going to lie. I was stressed out because... For some reason, Brooklyn has been struggling this year, but yet they want to play like it's game seven of the finals every time they see the heat, all right? Because we've already lost twice to them this season, okay? We lost the first game earlier in the year, and y'all know how that went. We blew the lead. Nothing new from there. The second game we played in Brooklyn got blown out there, and it looked like we were getting a repeat of that last night. The heat went out, and They were down by, I think, at most 16 at one point. It wasn't looking good. I think the score was like 45-31 at halftime. And the worst part about it was that, and everyone was mentioning this during the game, it seemed like the Heat probably weren't going to get past 70 points the way how the offense was looking. And, you know, not only that, but the shooting too. Because to those who don't know, if y'all didn't watch last night's game, the Heat did not make a three-pointer until the second half. Two minutes, on, two minutes into the second half, they were finally able to hit a three-point shot. And the most encouraging thing about all of this is that you would think, despite how stagnant the offense looked at this point, that the Heat would have found a way to lose the game. But that was not the case. The Heat actually found a way to win, bro. That's why I love this team because, you know, obviously I'm always going to hype this team even during the wins and stuff. And even during the Ls too. Y'all will hear me every now and then hype this team up. But for this squad to continue showing how resilient they are and go out of their way and win that type of game, despite the fact that they had basically been playing terrible for a good part of it, that right there shows resilience. And I also got to give my flowers to Tyler Hero because, bro... He came in, and when it seemed like things were looking bad for Miami, he hit back-to-back clutch threes to keep Miami in the game. I know Then a lot of people were stressed. You know he got some haters out there, and some people were like, okay, now he filed Mikhail Bridges at the end of the game, and obviously that led to the tie, blah, blah, blah. But overall, man, I'm just happy for Tyler because, you know, we always hear, you know, the criticism towards him and, you know, Even then, whether if you feel like it's justified or not, to see one of your players bowl out and come out clutch for us like that, that's always something important to see for your squad because, you know, Tyler is going to be part of this team come this playoff run and you want to make sure he's ready for when the moments are at its brightest. So if you're able to do this in a game, you know, like this in Brooklyn, hopefully we can see more like that when it matters the most back at a point when it's all about which team can get the 16 wins you know who gets the opportunity to hold up that Larry O'Brien trophy because Tyler like this is where that's going to be the moment where we are going to need him the most and also quick shout outs before I pass the mic to you and I just also got to acknowledge the fact that Jimmy Butler is back I tweeted this earlier on in the day I said that The NBA is just better off when Jimmy Butler is playing, all right? They like to say that specific statement about whenever the Knicks are good, but not screw the Knicks. The NBA is at its best when Jimmy Butler is playing. Like, I don't think y'all understand. When that dude is out there being the dog that he is, it's so much fun to watch basketball, man. Going out there and continuing to put the team on its back, you love to see it. And, you know, sometimes I get worked up whenever I see him playing too much minutes every now and then. Last night, in case y'all didn't hear, he did end up playing 40 minutes. So I know this won't be the case every game. But every now and then with the age, sometimes I do get concerned because I do want him to have a fresh set of legs come playoff time. But, you know, I'm sure he will be good to go by then. But overall, man, what a great win. You know, I'm still pump- pumped up from it. And, I mean, yeah, I'm going to pass the mic to you, Anthony. How are you feeling after last night?
0: That was I I was at a loss for words watching that game. I mean, it's the first overtime game in I think almost five years where neither team has scored a hundred points, yeah. which is just ridiculous. Um, that first half was brutal to watch, like brutal. Like I I kept switching back and forth between that game and the Eagles game, and you know I just I just wanted to watch the Eagles a lot of that first half. If I'm being honest with you, but I mean. You know better than most, Joel, that I have been defending Tyler Hero since day one that I joined this podcast, right? It's not time for a victory lap yet because his inconsistencies are still there. He was still pretty poor shooting-wise in the first half, but he picked things up, and he he and Jimmy, man, they, they brought us that win. I mean, Bam had 20 boards, but pretty poor offensively, but I didn't even care. I mean, he was contributing in so many other ways. So, I I don't know how we made it out of there with a win. Well, I do. It's Tyler and Jimmy, but mm-hmm. it just, it's just crazy that, like, it really does go back to that resilience factor that is really the biggest
1: reason they made it to the finals last year. Exactly. I mean, also, I got to give big props to the defense because if you guys look back at that second half, I mean, it wasn't looking good at first, but the heat just started to get this run going, and – by the time they started going off like it was already tied like at 50 you know like they just swung like the second the half started and they just never really looked back obviously it was still a close game which is why we did end up going to overtime but for the heat to be able to go out there and just immediately make up for all of the bad things that happened in that first half it was such an encouraging sight to see especially because and we will talk about this later on in the episode. We're still missing guys. I mean, we're missing Jaime, a guy who's played big minutes for this team. And a guy who actually, in case y'all didn't know, missed his very first game of the season last night. You know, so, you know, shout outs to Jaime, by the way. Hopefully he can come back soon. And with the injuries that continue to go around this team, I mean, Kevin Love was out as well. You know, all you can do is just hope that the squad can continue racking up W's because, I mean, at this point, I don't want to sound like a negative Nancy or whatever that word goes, but you never know when we're going to see this team at full strength. You never know when we'll actually see a game where all 15, 17 players, if you count the two-way guys, if all of them will actually be healthy and ready to go for a game. So until then, I'm going to be grateful for these wins. And like I said, hopefully we can keep it going. And Orchard, how about you, man?
2: Well... This was definitely a Heat culture win, man, under 100 points. And um, like like Anthony was saying, like it's been five years since an overtime game, game ended with under 100 points. And I also want to mention the fact that the last time the Heat won a game while trailing by five in overtime was 2012. So that was when we had the big three. And I, this is just a game where all 53 minutes mattered. Like, obviously, the first half was abysmal. And, you know, part of it was that we weren't shooting well. But, like, also you got to credit the Nets' defense. Like, they were just forcing a lot of turnovers on us. And they they have a lot of dogs on that team, like Dennis Smith Jr., Mikael Bridges. They're just a tough team. And for some reason, we've just been struggling against them this season. But the big thing for me was the third quarter. Like, obviously, after that first half, a lot of the guys are probably having this bad mindset of, like, how are we going to turn this around? Mm-hmm. But, again, heat culture. We figured out a way. We scored 37 points in the third quarter. And, obviously, that was fueled by, you know, Tyler and Jimmy just turning it up. And, uh, you know, the fourth quarter, again, was a little bit quiet offensively and the start of overtime. But just making timely shots. Like, you got to credit. Again, Tyler Hero. I've been learning him a little bit, I'll admit. And I'm still not fully convinced, um, you know, until he's consistently having these good games. But, Listen, you got to give credit where it's due. He made the two threes in overtime that brought us back, and Jimmy, Jimmy, just I've missed Jimmy so much, man. Like, <laughs> I don't even know how to say it. Um, I when when they said Hawkes was out, I was really praying that Jimmy was gonna come back because those two guys at the small forward position just so important. But I feel like you guys have covered so much of it. It was just it's such a good team effort. And especially with the bench struggling today, or yesterday, excuse me, I think we only had, like, 18 points from the bench. We just needed our uh, main guys to step up, and fortunately they did.
1: Right. And, you know, like you mentioned, I was especially hoping that Jimmy would come back because, I mean, Jaime is literally Mexican Jimmy. So if you're not going to have him or the OG Jimmy, like, you know, I'm not going to really feel good about our chances. So the fact that we got the OG Jimmy back the second that, mexican jimbo has to sit a game out like to me that made me feel better you know like i said get better soon Jaime. but you know i'm glad the og jimmy is back and you know we speaking of Jaime, like i mentioned before the injury bug has been biting this team very hard throughout this season and you know an interesting stat they mentioned during last night's game is the fact that we looked at the 22nd different starting lineup, I believe. That's the exact term they used, Um, that the Heat have had to pull out for this season. I mean, that's kind of crazy to think about, considering the fact that there's only been 40 games played for the Heat so far. So 22 new lineups in 40 games altogether. That means in more than 50% of the games we've played, there's at least been some sort of difference in each lineup we put out there. So... I just want to put this out to you guys because to be the four seed right now, or at least, yeah, are we the four seed or the five seed? Because I know it's like all over the place.
2: I think we're the five seed at the moment.
1: Okay, yeah, I think um Cleveland's the four seed. Yeah. So with all of this being said, man, I just gotta quickly acknowledge this team's greatness because you know we talked about the team's resilience last night, but. Also, what needs to be acknowledged is the resilience of this team throughout this whole season. Like, you're eight games above 500. You're currently, I believe they're tied with Cleveland, um, or at least one game behind Cleveland for that four seed. So to be in that position despite the injuries you've suffered, that's such an excellent thing to see from your team. And that's why, as long as we're fully healthy come playoff time, I like our chances because I'm not trying to take away anything from Boston or Milwaukee while both of those teams have certain things that make me not too scared of them. But teams like them, they have their records, but we've never had to see Giannis miss like you know, the many types of games that Jimmy had to miss or the amount of games that Bam had to miss when he dealt with the hip injury. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I got to look it up. Maybe he has missed that much games. Obviously, I don't watch Bucks or Celtics games, so I don't know how much games him or Damus miss or a guy like a Jason Tatum or a Jalen Brown. But overall, to miss guys like Jimmy and Bam for the amount of games they've missed, And you have the fact that Tyler missed a handful of games with his ankle injury. Um, Caleb with his ankle. Um, Who was it? Haywood also missed a handful of games. You've seen all types of injuries happen left and right. And we're still the five seed, man. Like, that alone tells me everything I need to see from this team. And one thing I'm going to say, and I've said this over and over and over again. I say this on social media. I've said this on this pod, and I'll say it anywhere else. This is the deepest team in the Jimmy Butler era, all right? You look at how this squad looks and how stacked we are, not only in our offense, but also on defense as well. I do think we could possibly go out there and get another player to help out with the offense every now and then when it does get stagnant, like what we saw in the first half yesterday. But overall, though, I like this team. I do think we have some great talent here. And I think we're going to continue doing what we do best. And that's give every team hell when it's, how do I say it, when it matters the most. Because you look at a team like um Boston. I mean, Bill Simmons was literally on his podcast talking about how the Heat was nothing more but a bunch of zombies, bro. Like, imagine being the seventh seed last year, but then eventually the eighth seed once we dropped that game to Atlanta. And yet you still have someone like Bill Simmons hopping on his pod saying, I do not want to face a team like the Heat come playoff time because they have been to turn into zombies and stuff. Like, if that's not hilarious, I don't know what is, man. Like, people are still going to fear us no matter what. And I love it. Like, we could go 0-82, and I mean, obviously, we wouldn't make it to the playoffs because, you know, we wouldn't have won a game. But if we still found a way to make it to the playoffs as an 0-82 team, people would still fear us. And it's not a surprise why, because we have Jimmy Butler. We have Bam Adebayo. Okay, we have a a mastermind for a coach in Eric Spolstra, you know. And if Tyler Hero can be consistent come playoff time, That's another guy to fear even more. So overall, man, I love this squad. I love the guys who we got coming off the bench. You know, it's going to be fun to see Jaime come back. It's going to be great to see Kevin Love returning real soon. And overall, like every player on this team, you know, from roster spot 1 to 15, like, they're going to provide some sort of threat to any team we face. It's basically going to be another Caleb Martin situation where people are going to be like, yo, who is this Haywood Highsmith guy? Who is this dude that's out here bowling for the heat? And I'm going to love every minute of it. And if to all the people out there that say it's because we use black magic, say whatever y'all want. We just have a great system and we know how to make players thrive. We simply pull up to a random public's go up to the person that bags the groceries for all the customers, take them to the side and say, hey, how would you like to play for the Heat? And the rest is history. So I'm going to pass the mic to you, Orchard. Like, how do you feel about this squad, especially when you look at the amount of injuries and the types of trials
2: they've had to deal with this year? Man, it it really does remind me a bit of 2022 when we had a lot of injuries that year and we somehow were the first seed. We ended as the first seed. And it was we were just picking up guys from the G League, shout out hot Heat versus the World podcast legend uh, Kyle Guy. Um, yes, sir. yes, sir, yes, sir. But <laughs> yeah, I mean, it kind of reminds me of that. Like it's it's really unbelievable that we've had this many lineup changes, and that's Eric Sposter for you, and the fact that we're winning games. I mean, you look at other teams that are missing their star guys, like the Grizzlies, and I, I, I'm gonna like the Grizzlies have had a lot of injuries and. I can't understand why they have the record they do. But I'm trying. what I'm trying to say is that we, we're not appreciating enough how much this Heat team knows how to step up when you're missing key guys like Jimmy Butler. And like you're saying, man, this is the deepest team, team in the Jimmy Butler era. And I, I know they're going to step up, and I know they're going to step up in the playoffs especially. And I can't wait until the Celtics fans are like, who the heck is Haywood Highsmith, and why is he dropping seven threes on us? <laughs>
1: Don't forget when he starts clamping up Jason (laughs) Tate. I'm gonna be ready for it. I'm gonna be ready for it. And Anthony, I know I hope you're gonna be ready for it too, because I know you live close to that area. So, you know, I hope you got that Haywood I. Smith jersey ready to buy. And you just gonna pull up to your school, have it ready to go, and be like, yeah, I'm wearing the number of the guy that went and clamped y'all's goat. So, with that being said, Anthony, how about you, though?
0: I mean, look. I'll, I'll be honest, I'm not as positive on the heat as as most people on this sure. podcast. Um, to me, there are a lot of guys on the heat who need to figure out what's going on with their game, right? Like, obviously, you have the Haname, you have the Kevin Love, you have the Haywood Heisman. All have been playing great basketball this season. There's no arguing that. But then you have the group of guys where it's, Caleb Martin, Josh Richardson, Kyle Lowry, Duncan Robinson every other night. Um, Nico's been playing great recently. So it's really those three guys to me that need to figure it out. And last night's game was a great example of why they need to figure it out. I think between the three of them, they probably made like eight shots on like 25 attempts. Um. So to me, they have to figure out either, all right, I'm going to impact at a higher efficiency or I'm going to impact in other ways. So for example, with Kyle, he needs to start being more of a playmaker and, you know, shrinking his shots. I know he only took five last night, but he's definitely taking more than that on a regular basis. So to me, those guys need to figure it out. But I mean, we also didn't have Hame and Kevin, so
1: it's, it's impressive nonetheless. For sure. And I'll say this, you know, we still have 42 games left. So, i trust eric spolstra to really be able to go out there and just see what needs to be done you know you have more than enough games to look at and kind of figure out what could be done more with certain players here and there and how to get the very best out of them because like i said before as long as you have a guy like eric spolstra on your team you have a chance to compete because you know he's probably up at like five o'clock in the morning You know, coming up with all types of schemes, plans in mind on how to bring out the very best in certain players. You know, like if he was able to get a guy like Kendrick Nunn playing as the um, rookie of the year, runner up, then, you know, you better believe he can get the best out of some of these other guys. And, you know, this year, so far in these 40 games, obviously it hasn't been perfect. That's why we're currently the five seed. There is still stuff to figure out, but... Overall, I do believe that Spo can figure it out, and by the time playoffs come, you know, we'll get a better understanding of what needs to be done, because it's not easy, especially with the injuries, when, you know, you don't have a full squad to really try certain things with, so... You know, when you want to test certain things or try to experiment and try to put maybe certain lineups out or have certain players do certain things, it's not always going to be easy when they're not available because of whatever injury they come across. So overall, man, I'm personally just waiting until the playoffs come because for me, that's when the light just immediately turns into the other direction for the heat you know this the switch is just flipped and we see a whole different squad and but I just think that what we're seeing now is just going to turn into like 10 times better and I don't know maybe I'm just too hyped up after what we did last year but You know, for me, when I look at this squad, there's no reason why for me personally, I just can't see them pull out what they did last year. And maybe I'm a bit of a homer for saying that, but, (laughs) shoot, I can't help myself, man. I just cannot help myself. Like, we really going to go back to the finals. And like Jimmy said, we're going to get it done this time. Like, that's why I got it in my name no matter what. Keep winning the 2024 championship. I just don't care. So before we do move on, does anyone have something they want to throw in?
2: I'll just say, like, I do agree about a couple of our bench guys, specifically Duncan Robinson and Josh Richardson. And really, honestly, Jay Rich, like, I I hate to be that guy because I know every Heat fan, you know, is a little nostalgic about him. And I feel like we haven't really seen the negative. Like, people are kind of ignoring the negatives about him, which is he's been really inconsistent on offense. And even his defense too. Like I yes, saw a stat. Yeah, to me, and yeah. I, I saw a stat. Like he's in the bottom twenty in uh, defenders, and so I don't remember what stat. And you know, obviously he made some big shots yesterday. He was one of the only players that scored on the bench, but he also did it on twenty percent shooting. And listen, like we need when we when we need guys coming off the bench and providing a spark. We have to. It has to be done at an efficient rate. And he just can't. He just can't be a cone on defense. And then obviously with Duncan Robinson, he's had an amazing start to the season. But, you know, lately he's been a little inconsistent. And I, I the thing about him is I kind of trust that he's going to turn it around. I don't know as much with Jay Rich. And with Caleb, you know, he's been injured. And so I feel like we're going to kind of figure out in the next, like, you know, next couple months, whether he's going to turn it around or not. But we've seen what he, Caleb Martin can do at his peak. And it almost got him an Eastern Conference uh, Finals MVP. Mm -hmm. So I I do think Caleb will turn it around. I do think Duncan Robinson turns it around. And Jay Rich, you know, I'm not sure. I'll, I'll leave it at that.
1: Right. And I'll say this. I mean... It's, it's unfortunate because I know a lot of people was excited for Jay Rich's return simply because he was one of the best players on the Heat before we sent him to uh, Philadelphia for Jimmy. So, you know, he was supposed to be that Gabe Vincent um, replacement. And even then, Gabe was, you know, kind of iffy himself. But overall, for Jay Rich, I'm going to say this. For his situation, obviously, he still has time to turn things around. And if not, that's what the trade deadline is for. You know, that's something I forgot to hit on when going on to my previous points from earlier. I just feel that whatever improvements the squad needs to make, you know, you have the trade deadline for What moves can they make? I mean, we don't know because... You know, first of all, we don't know who really is going to be available. Obviously, the only name that I feel like has been out there is Pascal, which we're not going to get, you know, because the Heat, for obvious reasons, aren't interested. And then you have a guy like a DeJounte Murray. And I mean, well, you know, you could bring him on the Heat, but I don't know if that would ever actually happen for other reasons. And we're not going to talk about it because we got other stuff to mention. We're already 24 minutes into this. But overall, man, just look at your squad coming trade deadline. See what moves there are out there and try to go from there. If you can find a trade similar to what we made back in um 2020 when we went and traded, um you know, your, who was it? Deion Waiters, James Johnson, um Justice Winslow. You were able to flip those guys and get three great rotation players that really helped play a role in that finals run that year. If you can go out and find a trade that, would kind of serve as an equivalent to that. That would be awesome. Or if you can do what you did last year and try to find some good players in the buyout market. I don't know who's going to be available. Obviously, people have been throwing names out, whether if it's a guy like bringing back Victor Oladipo for um, Depot Day Part 1515 or going out and bringing back a um, guy like PJ Tucker if the Clippers decide to buy him out. Overall, there's many options for the Heat to pursue. And that's what's going to make February a a great time to really talk about it. Because anything could be on the table for the squad. Any trade is out there for this team to make. So, I mean, these next few weeks are going to be very interesting. And hopefully there will be more stuff that can unravel from it. Because I personally like talking about trades as we get closer to the deadline. But because some of these um rumors out there aren't really that appealing... There is only so much we can actually talk about on the show. But overall, man, it's going to be interesting to see what he do as we get further into the season. And moving past on what's going on right now, I do want to touch on some news that I know a lot of Heat fans were happy to hear. And it's that Dwayne Wade is finally getting a statue, guys. It's been too long, man. Like This is something we've been wanting for years now, ever since the man has retired from the game of basketball. And I know a lot of people were really calling for it after Dirk went and got his statue with Dallas. Um, a couple. Now what was it? Now back in 2022. So overall, man, it's finally gonna happen. Um, to those who don't know when it's gonna be, during the fall of 2024. So we are going to get it this year. And I just want to know from you guys, how does it feel knowing that we're finally gonna have Dwayne Wade's legacy? You know, what what's what I'm looking for? Immortalized, like. Because for me, this has just been long overdue. And we knew it was just going to be a matter of time before it was going to happen. And here we are. Like, we'll start off with you, Anthony.
0: I mean, it, it's exciting for everyone in the Miami community, the Heat community, and even even just basketball in general. I mean, if you watch basketball from, like, 2005 to 2015, That was like the peak of Dwayne Wade. Right. And he's the he's unarguably the best player in Heat franchise history. There's no debate there. I look, I'm not saying he's the most talented because obviously LeBron James played in South Beach, but he is the best player in franchise history. So it's well deserved. And like you said, it was just a matter of time
1: right and you know you look at his accomplishments you know i don't think we talk about enough what he was able to do when he brought that first championship to miami because he did that in only his third year in the league you know for most players when they're at that point you know in their career you know the biggest accomplishment they might ever have during that time is maybe making an all-star game or maybe even just making an All nba team but Dwayne Wade's overall accomplishment that year was winning the whole championship, which is insane to think about. Like, the dude was only making, like, I don't know what the rookie contract was that year, but, you know, obviously it wasn't that much. So, the dude was on a rookie contract, and he led this team to a championship. It's insane to think about. And to see him finally get this type of honor, obviously, like I said before, we waited a long time for this. And, you know, he's a three-time champion, NBA Finals MVP, should be a four-time champion and two-time Finals MVP, but we don't talk about 2011. Overall, man, I'm just so happy. And Orchard, how about you, man?
2: I mean, what is there to say? Like, obviously, like, this this man has given his all to Miami. He's the greatest Heat player in franchise history, three-time champion, unlimited all-star appearances, and – he he's real. He's the one that really you know set the foundation for the, like the Miami Heat. Like when, like I I feel like the first thing when I think of the Miami Heat is I think of Dwayne Wade and what he's provided to not just his basketball team but just Miami right. He's a fan favorite, mm-hmm. but Miami is forever like a basketball town, not a football town. It's a it's a basketball town, and Dwayne Wade is what made Miami help Miami become like the Miami heat become a relevant and one of the best franchises in the NBA. And so to see him get the statue is honestly a huge honor and it's respect because he is, he's a top 75 player. He's a top 20 player of all time. And he, and if there was anyone that deserved to get their statue out in the Miami heat arena first, it was 100% Dwayne Wade.
1: Couldn't agree anymore, you know, and it's fitting that we're doing this now because while there's a guy who's still in the league that people like to say is better than Dwayne Wade that's on the Clippers right now, he's out here demanding trades, going to team after team after team playing with all of these amazing players and still hasn't been able to win one ring. And yet you look at what D Wade was able to do in his whole career. I mean, there's no measure as to how much of a better player Dwayne Wade is than that fat bearded bum from the Clippers. All right. I'm not going to mention him by his name because he's not worth the time to even get acknowledged on this podcast. But overall, like, Dwayne Wade has been that dude, you know. He played with them guys and was able to win rings, you know. Meanwhile, the other dude on the other team, he's played with how many greats and still hasn't won a single championship? Overall, man, to see Dwayne Wade get his flowers like this, it's awesome because... I mean, if you really think about it, how much greats really can say they have their own statue? You know, some players have their own jersey number retired, but not not much people can even go as far as to say that they have a whole statue for themselves. Just to, so to see Dwayne Wade get more of the acknowledgments he deserved, like for me, it means everything. Being that young kid that was growing up watching this guy do his thing. Being that young kid that watched him go out there and bring the Heat their first championship and then win two more once Braun and Bosch pulled up. It's such an awesome thing to see. And I cannot wait to go to, um I keep forgetting the name of it, the Kaseya Center, come full and to be able to take a picture right next to that statue. Aside from that, is there anything else you all want to touch on before we get into this final topic? I'm going to take that as a note. So, anyways, to wrap up today's episode, I do want to talk about this upcoming game for the Heat against the Raptors. Regarding the injury report for this game, um, I know Jaime isn't going to play or Kevin Love because, to my knowledge, um, neither of them made it for the road trip. So, do not expect either of them to play tomorrow. And for the Heat, I mean, just go out there and win, bro. Like, this is a team that is trying to rebuild And all I'm going to say is watch out for some of the newcomers like um, Emmanuel quickly to go out there and try to torch the Heat because it's only fitting that one of these guys tries to go out there and have a monster game. But aside from that, there's no reason why the Heat shouldn't be able to run out with the win because, I mean, it's the Raptors. I mean, I understand they play very hard and stuff, but like I mentioned before, they're not that good of a team and they're clearly going through a rebuilding process. It's only a matter of time before Pascal is off that squad. Just go out there, take advantage of the situation, and get the W. Or should what's your expectations for the Heat?
2: Well, like, like the Nets, you know, we've this Miami Heat team has struggled a little bit against the Raptors over the years. Um, the one, one that comes to mind, like I always think of this game as the triple overtime game that we lost against the Raptors. That was a crazy game, but I don't know. Something about this team, man. They they know us well, and they always seem to play good against us. And Heat Killer, Emmanuel quickly is on that team now. And I remember this year when we played the Knicks, he was a big part of their comeback in the fourth quarter, just torching us. And I, I don't expect them to do any differently. Um, You know, I was looking at the Raptors injury report, so Jakob Pertl is not going to play. So I feel like this is going to be a BAM-type game or He's going to have a good uh, good amount of opportunities to lead this team. Obviously, Jimmy has a good history against the Raptors. So, again, I feel like this is going to be another game where it's going to come to our main guys playing good. Not the bench, but our main guys. Um, but, yeah, I, I don't know about this game. I'm always really 50-50 on whether we can beat the Raptors or not. Obviously, like you're saying, this team is kind of in a rebuild mode, and we this should be a win that we get, but I can also see it being a – a game we let uh, escape. And, and,
1: you know, I hate it, that the fact that I have to agree with you on that, because it is the Miami Heat, man. Like, y'all know how it is with this team. We can act mad bipolar at times, so it is what it is. Like I said, man, I just need the Heat to keep on winning because I do want us to climb up the standings as much as we possibly can simply because I still got my agenda to push for this squad. Because like I said before, it doesn't matter how this team performs in the regular season because I'm still going to believe this team has a chance to win a championship because they did it. They almost did it last season, so why not try it again this year? And I mean, shoot, if we could just keep on racking up wins against a team like Toronto, even though I'm saying they're rebuilding, I'm still going to come after that game, even if they win and be like, yo, We went and beat this team. We're still the deepest squad in the Jimmy Butler era. So, yeah, I might move the goalposts every now and then, but you better believe me when I say that, you know, this team, like, we could just get another win. Like, I'm going to be (laughs) – I'm going to still continue to push that propaganda, man, that this is the deepest team in the Jimmy Butler era, even if we did have to be a rebuilding Raptors team, all right? I might just flip the narrative around just a little bit. But Anthony, how about you?
0: See – I'm hoping that the game against the um, the Nets last night was almost like a wake-up call for a lot of guys on the roster saying, all right, look, the 10th seed in the Eastern Conference just took us to overtime and held us under 100 points. That's not really what our expectations should be or that they are. But I would agree with, I think Orchard was saying, like, it's going to be our star players that have to deliver this one. And I would agree because, you know, Hame and Kevin are the two best, quote-unquote, role players we have on the roster. And I think Kevin might be questionable, but I know Hame's not playing. I'm not sure. But regardless, you know, it's going to take more than just Tyler, Jimmy, Bam to win this game. Right. I You need at least one more guy usually to step up. And usually it's Hame. Occasionally it'll be Haywood and Kevin. But I'm really hoping it'll be Duncan Robinson tomorrow. I mean, he scored zero points against the Nets. I mean, he's he's due for a big game.
1: Mm-hmm. I mean, because for Duncan's situation, it's kind of weird because it seems like he plays some of his best basketball specifically when he starts. So that's just going to be the issue. I mean, he's had some good games coming off of the bench. But I don't know for his thing specifically. I just... I don't know. It seems like he flourishes more in the starting lineup. That's for like a whole other discussion another day. But if he can go out there and have a good game, man, like that would be great, especially because that's another guy you can rely on coming off the bench to do his thing. So, you know, if he can come out and maybe hit a good four or five threes to win this game for us, that would be awesome. And overall, let's just go out there and get this W, you know? Let's go nine games above 500. And who knows? Maybe go on a bit of a winning streak where the next time we do another Heat versus the World pod, you know, it's going to be a while since we last lost a game, you know? So. Overall, for the Heat, man, I just need them to keep doing their thing because, like I said, I got a propaganda to push for the squad, okay? This whole season, I'm pulling out the agenda that the Heat is going to win the championship, and I don't care what goes on, man. Through the wins, through the losses, I don't care. Just take me to April and just do what y'all need to do, and I'm going to be there gassing it up no matter what. Aside from that, though, does anyone have something they want to say before we close it out today?
2: Yeah, I'll say that. I think it's really important that we get onto an offensive rhythm again, just because the thought that just came to my mind is the Raptors are actually a really high scoring team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they probably, I think they've they averaged more than like 115 points per game though. They did score under a hundred against Boston, yeah. but it's going to, it's going to be really important that our bench guys um, are, are playing good. Like, especially Duncan Robinson, because otherwise I don't, I don't know how we're going to keep up with the Raptors because they have some really talented scorers. And RJ Barrett, he you know he's a guy that sometimes is gonna play bad, sometimes is gonna play good, and you know knowing knowing the Heat, it's probably gonna he's probably gonna play good, so we gotta be ready.
1: I mean, who can forget that forty-five point game he had? with <laughs> Oh gosh! Oh man, good good old times. At least we won that game though, because I was like, oh my gosh, there's no way this man is going off like this against us. Because you 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 guys was there for the um. Hero and RJ Barrett debates when they first got drafted. It was not yeah. Heat fans and Knicks fans going after each other. Now it's going to be Heat fans versus Raptors fans because them folks like to debate anything against us, you know, like they, you would sort the way how they act, you would think there's like five or six players on that team that's better than them, you know, but it is what it is, man, because we still here, we still here thriving. And meanwhile, they get ready to do a complete rebuild because, they just don't have it right now. I mean, is there anything else you all want to mention before we wrap it up? Yeah,
0: I mean, I've talked a lot about Duncan this episode, so I might as well just keep it going with one final point, which is when you look at all of the role players on the Miami Heat, I just think that Duncan deserves a little bit more of a pass than the rest of the guys because he has the highest ceiling, in my
1: opinion, on a nightly basis. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, like everyone is going to be coming after that guy every time he gets on the floor. Exactly,
0: because if he gets hot, he could drop 25 on any given night, and there's very few guys on the Heat's roster that can do that.
1: Right. Like I feel bad for anyone that's covered with the responsibility to defend Duncan because that man just be out there running all over the place. Oh, yeah, you're
0: either in for a really good night where he drops zero or you're about to get torched for twenty five.
1: Yeah, like, imagine, like, having to chase him all over the floor and he still hits, like, five or six threes, bro. Like, I would just retire right then and there because, like, you're not going to tell me I'm out here catching all this cardio and I'm still not able to get him to at least miss, like, two or three triples at least, you know? (laughs) Like, I'm out here sweating like crazy, running all over the court, and he's still hitting these shots. Like, I don't know, man. It's you know, like
0: the it's like the downgraded version of what Steph Curry does.
1: Yeah, <laughs> I mean maybe the upgraded version
0: because I know Steph. Nah, Steph will give you thirty every night. I mean, I least- wish I wish Duncan could give us thirty every night.
1: Yeah, I mean, Don- Steph has been struggling a little this year, so you Struggles- know. I'm, I'm gonna say for this season, he kind of a little bit of an upgrade over stuff. Just for oh now, wow, okay, just, just for now though. That's a hot, hot match, crazy. <laughs> just for now though, I he's got on. some of that heat bias coming out at the end of the episode here. I mean, listen, man, I, until you know the Warriors get their stuff figured out because right now they're kind of looking like the Titanic, everything is just falling apart. Assuming that they can get things figured out and Steph can play like. The MVP we know he's capable of being. Then I'll take that back. But until then, like I said, I'm I'm shameless, y'all. I have no problem pushing my propagandas out there for this team. So until he him and the Warriors get it together, you know, I got to give my guy Duncan some props because he's been out there hoping. Aside from that, though, is there one final remark y'all want to make before we officially call this an episode?
2: Hey, man, make sure y'all are tuning in for UD Night. Okay, yeah,
1: Fact. big, Fact. big, thing right there. Friday night, y'all. Make sure to tune in. Big shout out to you, Donis Haslam, for everything he's done for the Miami Heat, and now we get to more immortalize his legacy with this team forever. Cannot wait to go to every Heat game with the number forty up in the Raptors for good. Any final words? All right, looks like we're good to go. Aside from that, y'all, thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode of the Heat vs the World podcast. Make sure to follow Anthony on Twitter at Anthony P A S C I Passy. Make sure to follow Orchard at JimVP versus the World, and make sure to follow me on Twitter at Joel K Jacob underscore, and make sure to follow Heat vs the World on all platforms at HVTW Podcast. And make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've been getting a lot of likes and support from you guys. Let's keep it going. And aside from that, y'all, Miami Heat, let's keep on getting these wins. Hopefully, we can get healthy real soon so we can see what the squad is really capable of doing when we are at full strength. And aside from that, I mean, I got nothing more to say. So, hit my music because we out thank you for listening and we'll
2: see and you next
0: time with a brand new episode eyes, of the versus alone. the world podcast